Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Dion and Jim for an episode of Wuxia Weekend. And tonight we're going to be talking about the 2012 film The Four, directed by Gordon Chan. It's based on a novel series, and it's also been adapted into television shows. And this is a film that's basically about rival constable departments in Song, China. There's a bunch of love stories thrown in, an evil mastermind and some espionage and a lot of cool special effects. Uh, I, I think we've brought it up from time to time on the podcast, but we never actually have done a full episode on it. And uh, and yeah, so uh, before we get into any of our topics, I just wanted to get you, both of your general reactions to the movie. I enjoyed the movie. I liked um, spotting some characters or some actors that I've seen and other things and I thought it was an enjoyable watch and I had started watching it a second time but I just didn't have time to finish it so after this podcast I'm going to finish it because I liked it that much yeah it's um it's a little longer than you think it's going to be and it has a I like the pace it's not frantic at all it takes a lot of time to build a lot of characters um and build some intrigue and it's also obviously setting some things up for sequels um but it you know it is a complete story uh and i've enjoyed it very much because i saw things in this that i hadn't seen in very many other films and uh and yeah and and it's interesting that you mentioned pacing because it is differently paced i think than a lot of movies it's it's definitely very focused on a somewhat intricate plot and it takes its time to tell that story i think so much so that the, the first two times I, 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 I tried to watch this movie, like way back when it, when it first came out, I actually had to stop. And it wasn't until like the third mm-hmm. time that I, I, I some, it clicked and then I enjoyed it. But that, but the, the, especially that opening, it's, you know, it's a, the first time I saw it, I remember being a little overwhelmed with all the characters and the plot points. And I was like, oh, I don't know if this is the kind of wuxia movie for me. Uh, but then, you know, you know, again, after that third time, for some reason it clicked and I really liked it. Um, I think once I realized what they were trying to do, uh, it's an, it's an enjoyable film. It's uh, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's a good uh, sort of standalone movie, but it is part of a trilogy and it, and it's not that often that we get like a trilogy for this genre. So, you know, it's, uh, and, and it's, and it's not like a, a fake trilogy where like they make the first movie and it's a success. So they make part two right. and then they happen to make part three. It's actually a trilogy. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's, it, it's worth checking out for that reason. And another thing that's just relevant to today, which you guys can weigh in on too, is that, uh, uh, Lu Yi Fei is in it, who plays Mulan and the, the new Disney movie, which I haven't seen yet. So I don't have any opinions on that, but, Me either. but, but yeah, but people might, uh, you know, want to see this just if they're curious about other things she's been in. Um, she was also in Return of Condor Heroes, where she played the uh, um, uh, the uh, Zhao Long Nu character. So, um, uh, yes, and uh, Forbidden Kingdom, and Forbidden Kingdom. Yep, and uh, that she was actually in a Disney movie before Mulan, because <laughs> <laughs> that's put out by Disney. And and in this one, she plays a character who's in a wheelchair and uh, has telepathy and some we're, we're not sure we're debating whether it's telekinesis or whether it's some sort of martial arts chi ability it's a little unclear but uh and her, and i think her name is emotionless right in this movie that's what yes. they are. Yep. um which you know again is kind of interesting because that was sort of the the return of condor heroes character it was sort of you know starts out very emotionless so um so why don't we dive into the individual character discussions then and start with her since we already brought her up uh what you know what'd you guys think of that character what'd you think of the uh you know her abilities and and the actress in the role ladies first i guess (laughs) um (laughs) i think she did a great job in this role i think she played the part perfectly with her blank expressions most of the movie that you couldn't tell what was going on behind uh her mask and i think that she had special connection with people throughout the the movie that by the end of the movie i wouldn't have called her emotionless even though it's I think it's more of her outwardness than it is on the inside because so much is going on in the inside that you can't see that her dialogue hints 
things too, you know? So I really liked her and I liked um, her, her special abilities. And you're right. We're not too sure if it was special chi or not, but um, I thought it was really cool the way that they showed her special abilities, especially when she was reading people and their faces would separate from their bodies or that, you know, it was kind of like, um, you know, when heat comes off the ground and it's kind of like wavy and the picture bends Yeah. and they, sometimes it did that. And I just like the way that, um, that they put her special ability on film because it seems it would be hard. That helped create unease in the viewer, too, because they could kind of hint at this person's maybe a bad person or not, but you don't know exactly what's up. You just know that she has some glimpse of something going on with this individual. So it was kind of a good technique used throughout the film. And what makes her so amazingly strong in that respect is that she she knows. It's not, uh, I think we were mentioning, it's not that she's just... Uh, reading a mind and getting a, a you know a, a sentence she knows what this person is about to their core and uh so uh you know with, with her being called emotionless she actually uh has to guard herself a little bit you would think you know with with her the amazingly deep connections that she's going to have with any person that she decides to kind of focus on yes well and also we do like i don't want to get too far ahead but in the sequels we get her backstory and there's a lot there's a there's an explanation for a lot about her character where that stuff also makes a lot of sense um i know this actress does take some heat sometimes when they talk about her uh you know giving a flat performance or whatever but you know there are character actors out there and i i find that i have enjoyed every performance that i've seen of her i think that um you know, we, we get a lot in the wuxia of the very exuberant, cute mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, girl. And I feel that she brings depth. I've seen her in um, quite a, four or five films now. And she's she's different in each one. Um, and uh, I think that her acting is, is incredibly subtle. Uh, but uh, I think, Fiona, as you were saying, you seem to be able to see what's going on in her head because she's the kind of actress that the camera can stay on her face for a long time. Yeah. And you'll slowly see that stuff going, you know, through her slight facial expressions. And you're, she, she carries you through her thinking process. At least that's what I get yeah. out of her performance. Yeah. And, she, I, and I know she does take a lot of heat. I, I still have a fondness for her just because she played Zhao Longnu. And that was like, you know, in, in that role to me was, um, that was like, I think that was like my first real experience of that story. So, you know, that, so it's kind of foundational for me. And I always thought she was great as Zhao Longnu. And, you know, and, and kind of like you're saying, like sometimes you, you get, you get a lot of these characters that are very dynamic and have a lot of emotions they express. And, you know, she is more narrow sometimes, but there is, you know, I do think you're right about some of the subtlety of it. And, uh, and again, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting all this through translation. So obviously there's things I could be missing, but, sure. uh, but I, you know, I always enjoy her performances. You know, I, I don't, you know, and in a role like this, I feel like whether, whether or not, you know, you want to say she's a good actress or not, she was well chosen for this character because of the nature <laughs> of the character. So it works. Um, we had that discussion and this is totally unrelated, but we had that same discussion about scanners last night. Cause the protagonist in that is often pinned as being a, particularly bad performance um but adam was making the point that well for the character that's kind of the performance you wanted for the concept of the of the main character um and i won't get into it here but i just think it's you know there are other reasons to cast people in a role than just you know are they the best actor in the at the time are they the best person for that role is sometimes the you know a better a better way to look at it so um but uh but yeah, so why don't we move on to because uh, I know we have a lot of topics tonight. So why don't we move on to um, mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Wong's character, the the head of the and we should say there are two constable constable departments in in this movie. There's Department Six and there's I think what is it the Divine Constable? Constabulary. That, yes. Okay, Divine Constabulary. Yes. Um, and the Divine Constabulary is like a secret 
They're, they're basically one... It seems like Department 6 is like one level of secrecy above the normal departments, if I follow yep. correctly. Yes. And this is one level above Department 6. And so they're, they're rivals, but the Divine Constabulary is even more secretive, but smaller. And therefore, they're a little bit more vulnerable because they don't have the resources necessarily that department six has and uh you know that becomes important later in the story but he's the head of that organization he's kind of a he's he's sort of a wise gentlemanly uh you know sort of uh very very measured martial hero type figure uh and he's also like a father figure to all of the people in the organization it seems and he uh uh and so, you know, how did you guys feel about his performance, and what did you guys think of the character? I, I just, I just love this character. I loved his performance. He's, uh, he's the glue that holds the family together. Um, he's, he comes across with so much presence of, he's been there, he's seen it before. Yeah. And he's, he's molding these new people, uh, and is going to help them. Uh, find strengths they don't even know they have, but he's already seen it in them. And uh, his his calm and measured way of dealing with things and some really hard things in some of his background, which I think comes out yeah. later on. Um, it's it's I I believe all these films were filmed at the same time, and I, I wonder if he knew the entire story to kind of bring that that um, uh, weight of it. He's maybe just that good too. Um, but yeah. And you got if you're gonna have a mentor, it's great to have one that you can sit there and go, I really want it. I, that's a mentor I could follow. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, you definitely believe in him. He's somebody that you would want to follow for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the character a lot. I think everything that Jim said was on point, oh. and his um, his people picking skills. Uh, are very he's very perceptive and I I haven't seen the other two films but the way that he's bringing out what each person needs to see in themselves in this one leads me to believe that it will continue in the next two and I'm wondering if like in there obviously three levels in the group you know Anthony Wong's character is the top, and then you have uh, emotionless, uh, cold blood, and uh, iron hands, and um, life, snatcher. life snatcher are all are tier two, so they're all the masters. Yeah. And then you have those four others that we don't know very much about yet. Yeah. You know, one's trying to be a, a couple with the other one. But I figure that in the later movies that he's going to bring out their powers too, so that that this is going to be a really formidable, even though it's small, um, group of people to deal with. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one thing I like about him too is the it's it's not super important, I suppose, to the movie, but his hairstyle in this. Um, oh yeah, you know, his braided beard. Yeah, yeah, well, the braid and the way that his his hair is done differently than a lot of the other characters for the time period. It's kind of similar when he was he was also in Return of Condor Heroes two thousand six, and he played Master of Peach Blossom Island, and he had a similar hairstyle. It might just be one of those things where sometimes they figure this is the style that looks good when he does a period piece, kind of like Alexander Fushong always has the the uh -huh. same hairstyle. Um, but the effect for me is almost a little bit beatnicky. Do you know what I mean? There's like a, a little bit of a, you know, it, and I know that that's not necessarily what they're going for, but it helps me to, I don't know, just it, it helps make the character effective for me, that that look. Because um, he seems he just, a little bit unorthodox. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't seem like he's quite as uh, uh, uptight as so many of the other characters around him. He's, um, he's competent and expertise enough to be casual. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I agree. And, and that's reflected in his department too. Yeah. And you look at you know, contrast yeah. that with the rigidity of Department Six, you know. It, and and you the, the sinister to... nature of Department Six, their the interior of their, <laughs> you know, that's dark. that's a really dark and scary looking constabulary compared to theirs. Um, 
You know, it's almost like the Batcave when they go to cons- uh, they go to Apartment yeah. Six. Um, so what about uh, why don't we take Iron Fist and Life Snatcher together? Because they're kind of often in the same. Yeah, they're often a they're pair. Like buddies. Yeah. Um, Did you think one is mentoring the other? Or, or I don't. At least well, here's what's funny. Him into the, Life Snatcher bringing him into the the constabulary. One like this is the way we do things, and you're you know we know you're competent. I, I feel like like so. Life Snatcher is he joins the department at the very beginning. He's actually on the receiving end of one of their investigations, and he he bas- they basically bring him in rather than have him get arrested, and he basically makes himself right at home so i feel like he just like right away yeah. is just like up oh, well i'm oh, one of you good. and like he's like basically why? giving a tour to the guy that also just he joined likes the wine. yeah he likes yeah. the wine onto yeah. uh boise Press. yeah but he, he adds a lot i think to the to the movie he, he he's a charming character the actor who plays him does a good job and he just very fun yeah and he just gives like a lightness to when it's needed to the film and he has the darkest name you know yeah life snatcher <laughs> and, he, and he's yeah and that's funny because when they introduce him you're like whoa this is like a serious guy but he becomes the least serious of all the characters yeah. in the movie uh, and, it, and it starts when he's like when they're in that room of all the criminals and the you know the the names and the scrolls are in the little in the little compartment oh. and he finds his and he was like this isn't right. Let me tell you the whole yeah. yeah, he goes on the big speech of yeah. yeah. I love that. Take him seriously. And yeah. he, what is he going on about? Like all the women that are that are yeah. fond of him and all the yeah. eight to eighty three. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and um, and yeah, and so then Iron Fist is he's an interesting guy too because at first he's almost uh, I don't know he seems like kind of like a uh, a really friendly sort of soft kind of a person like he doesn't seem particularly uh menacing but he's actually got the biggest ties to the criminal underworld and after like the first time you meet him you see that he's got like a tattoo all over his head and all down his back but that's all concealed yeah but that's all concealed the first time you see him so i think Mm -hmm. it's interesting that you get this sort of this initial impression and then as the film goes on you're like oh wait this guy's actually like a gangster or something like he's got some kind of skills yeah um and so he's the kind of guy that like doesn't have to advertise how tough he is it seems like but you know you know he's a you know he's a real tough guy um and well, uh, as i see it when him and life snatcher are out together life snatcher gets him into trouble and he gets him out <laughs> that's right. probably the case um and uh and yeah so i know anything else to add about those characters before we move on to the the others well he also Go ahead. Also, with uh, with Iron Hands, he's he's an academic, an engineer, uh, you know, a, a thinker, and and you you don't know that at first either. No. And and we can probably save this till we get to gadgets, but also you like invent stuff that's definitely not even around <laughs> until you know, it's still not around. Actually, yeah. one of the things he does. So. You know, you know, I I do have to say, and I know we'll deal with this when we get to gadgets, but I do love how a lot of these Chinese wuxia movies and Chinese movies in general set in earlier periods approach technology, where they're not afraid to have something where a character invents a device that's centuries ahead of the period, or or maybe it isn't. Maybe there is a device that's similar, but they just kind of find a more modern equivalent to that device right. and you know it's it's interesting the way their approach it's it's a it's a lot less restrictive i think than western movies around that um so what about uh the the an shigen character the um uh the the villain of the movie uh what did you got what did you guys think of him oh he is an oddball for real <laughs> i mean a very powerful martial oddball just the way he like, like breaks out in the laughter and like really weird periods to me was just, I guess a a symbol of his sociopathy. You know, it's just like you could really tell from well the very beginning when you meet him that he's definitely like not right in the head and <laughs> definitely more off than usual. You know, <laughs> so but yeah, I thought it we. It was kind of, he was, his behaviors were odd. 
But he was very strong and powerful and not a weakling at all. But the maniacal, it wasn't even maniacal laughing, just weird laughing in weird places. Just is like, okay, he is like definitely one screw loose of having everything tightened together. <laughs> it, it's kind of fun if you, if you watch the, the movie a few times and just what you said, if you watch when he's laughing, if you know what he knows after watching the film, it starts to make sense. He's playing on a whole nother level. That I mean, yes, he's messed up, but he's it's a game. I, there's a Western actor that both disturbs me and I find entertaining at the same time, Christopher Walken. Mm. And yeah. this guy this guy kinda did does the same for me. It's like I I, I get both excited when he's on the screen at the same time going, no, no, let's, can we move on? (laughs) And the way he went, he had to touch everybody with his finger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He has these little (laughs) effects. I I think he's a fun, he's a great villain. I I love the banter. I love the, um, the way that you don't know what he knows, but you know, he's one step ahead of everybody. And that's sort of right down to his powers. Like he has Western magic. So right away, you don't know how that's going to play out in the movie. You, you know, he's, and we're a little unclear on exactly what his powers are rooted in. But in the translation, it initially was called Western Qigong, and then they think they called it Western Sorcery or Magic later in the subtitles on the Amazon version that we saw. Um, but he's got abilities that are not, you know, not the standard in Wuxia and seem to be different from a lot of the other characters. So you don't really know that, you know, you don't know, uh, you know, where you stand in terms of his powers, but you also don't know where anybody stands in terms of what he knows and what he's planning and where he's going. And then, like, the banter, like the scene where he's looking through the the, uh, the spyglass, and, <laughs> and, and at first he looks at the constable who is actually his secret agent working for the constables, but then he looks at the uh, the leader of Divine Constab- Constabulary, the, the, uh, the Anthony Wong character, and he's just like, oh, this guy looks like a jerk. I can't remember the exact wording, but obnoxious. Yeah, this yeah. Guy looks obnoxious. He also turns the t- the small scope around, so it shrinks him. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he's happy. Then he's like, oh, he looks yeah. better like that. It's like, so, oh, this is so petty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, he's a very enigmatic character. I, I I really like the way that they. And he's up there with. I I think it was appropriate to mention Christopher Walken because he's at that level of. Uh, of 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 performing for a villain character, do you know what I mean? Where, uh, you know, it has to have that real kind of effect, like a Christopher Walken, a Gary Oldman, a Vincent Price, yeah. that sign of that kind of person. Yeah. Um, but he took it to a totally different direction and level. Yeah, it yeah. was just, it was a delight, and it was just, oh. <laughs> but that's but that's why all that's what all those guys have in common. They can make you laugh and they can make you afraid. Do you know what I mean it's the ability to make you laugh and make you be afraid? They all that anybody who can play a really good villain has to have like a comedian timing and also needs to be menacing when they have to be menacing. Um, so, whoop, hold on, my my mouse just froze on me again. I apologize. I'm trying to bring out the uh, the the topic list. Um, so the the next character would be the uh, the the, spe- the secret agent uh, constable woman that he has. Uh, they, uh, I, I, I think in our subtitles she had a different name, but in the I'm going to go with the uh, the the official thing here, which is her name is uh, Ji Yao Hua, um, and uh, and the actress that plays it is uh, uh, Zhang Yian, I think. Um, what did you guys think of that character? She's also a love interest for the. Um, one of the protagonists in the movie. Um. Oh, me first. Um, <laughs> I thought she was great. I liked how she kind of got creeped out with um, when Lord Anne was kind of touching her and, you know, talking to her on the sly. You could kind of tell that she wasn't as evil as he was, that maybe she was just seeking power, not necessarily what he was wanting her to do. Um, I like that she she is the antagonist to um, emotionless, those two buttheads. But I, I like that she's a strong female constable. And when she led her women into oh, uh, yeah. the establishment at the beginning, it was just like, yeah. 
you have to pay attention to her because she hasn't shown any martial skill yet, but you know she's going to be badass. Yeah. Also, the the scene where they murder that guy, too, is one of those scenes where you're just starting to forget uh that, and then they remind you. Uh, that this is like these are not just giggling women because they sort of present themselves that way at various times right. and then it's like right. no 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 they're very organized and disciplined and they are you know they, they can they can achieve any task that they're that oh, they're trying and to they're do. supposedly at their most vulnerable and exploitable point yeah they, yeah because they're they, all taking a bath that yeah. jerk out yeah um, but, and, and, the, and the show even kind of starts with them with the high camera focusing on on her and her um, kind of lieutenants and when you see them in that beautiful brocade, you're just like, whoa, this is, or, you know, are, 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 is, it, are, is this the lead, you know? <laughs> I, I, think, I think her character is really important for the whole series because without her, this, like, it doesn't really work. Do you know what I mean? You don't have as much tension with, with right. among the characters. And also, you're kind, there's kind of a big question mark on her. Like, well, where exactly is this character going? And... And that's kind of important as the story progresses. You know, it's, it, you know, she, she's one of these characters that that holds your interests in that way. Um, so I, I think I think that she works well, and I think it it prevents the um, the love story between Cold Blood and Emotionless from being overly simple. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it, yes, it, it complicates things. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, well, especially because there's so much duplicity going on. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. What what are the real feelings here or not? You get to find out as time goes on, but it's usually because there's some pain that is felt. Now, did we talk about Cold Blood or did we forget to talk? We about have him? Not. We skipped okay. over him. So why don't we talk about the protagonist then, Cold Blood? I mean, I don't know if he's the he's one of the chief characters, possibly. The he's main why character. my wife will watch the show. <laughs> she she she's like, oh, we're watching him. <laughs> okay, so so Cold Blood. I, so this movie came out in 2012, and I feel like there were there was a lot of characters like this on uh, TV series and in movies at the time, where they have some kind of defect that they have, like almost like oh, yeah. a demonic nature that comes out uncontrollably uh-huh. at various times. Is this was Tai Chi uh, Zero and Hero come out around the same time? I, I forget the exact time, but I think it was similar close, timing. Yeah. yeah, and there was Good also. There were a bunch of TV series that had very similar types of characters, and it's sort of like they he he becomes this uncontrollable beast, almost like a he almost looks like a werewolf slash hunchback. Uh, it, you know, uh, it's not entirely clear exactly what he is, but he's got this problem, and uh, <laughs> uh, but it's interesting because it doesn't really it doesn't play out that much in in this installment. It's um it comes up at one point and he creates a real disaster. Um, and it comes up early in the movie just to establish that it's a thing for him. Right. Um, but, uh, but the main thing with him is that he's kind of torn between both departments because he is the plant. He he's fired from, uh, department six fired uh, in quotation. Marks. Yeah. In quotation marks. And then, and then told to go infiltrate the divine constabulary because the, the sheriff of department six wants to know what they're all about and ultimately destroy them. Um, and so he's torn between these two departments and in the end he chooses the divine constabulary, but that's sort of his whole story, this movie. So what did you guys think of this, uh, the character and the actor uh, and the actor is Deng Chow. He's a lot of fun. You know, he's, uh, he's, well, he is, isn't he sort of our guide to all of this? You get introduced to a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of plots, and then this person that you kind of sympathize with who's got some issues, and everything is sort of happening around him. So isn't he sort of sort of our path uh, through this story, uh, kind of, for this first movie? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think I so. I think that's right. I, th- I think that's correct. Um... I mean, he's confused, we're confused, you know? He's getting caught up in stuff that's bigger than what he thought he was in for. And so are we. <laughs> and um, yeah, I I think I think I mean I I think that he's he's good in this role. I think that like you said, he's the character that we kind of associate with, um, even though he does have that weird problem. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he's Anger issues. <laughs> and he's kind of the thing that shakes up things at the Divine Constabulary. There seems to be a status quo there that he is disrupting with his when he, when yeah. he joins. 
True. Um, yeah, it's like um, it kind of, in a way, pits um, Anthony Wong's character against Emotionless because she doesn't want him there because she doesn't think he's a good person, but Anthony Wong's character kind of sees his hidden talents and that he would be very helpful with their group and at the beginning. So it's That's like really they're important. kind of warring, yeah. not really warring against each other, but at the beginning they kind of butt heads. They're not, she doesn't want him, but Anthony Wong's character does. But then she kind of falls in line because I guess she being the heart reader, the mind reader can see what's going on behind the scenes and kind of warms to him. And then as she warms to him, she falls in love with him. Um, I really like this character. I, I think he was fleshed out very well and I can't wait to see what more they bring to him. And this actor in particular, I'm kind of (laughs) fond of, um, not for looks, but Uh he reminds me of a, a young uh, Lolier from Shaw Brothers. Oh, okay. He favors him a lot in the face. Wow. I, think, um, I haven't seen him in a villainous role yet, but I would love to see him in there to see if he has the same versatility. Mm. He um, was um, think... he was the the albino character, I think, in uh, in Detective uh, the whole D. Week. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't, really? Wow. I, I really don't find him as a villainous character, though. But that's another story. Yeah, that's um, true. But he's but he's like a little bit more of a he he's a little of an antagonist not, initially, right? Right. Yeah. Um, right. Um, but you know, he turns towards the end. But um, but yeah, I've seen him in other movies, and I've watched him in movies that are not martial arts. So. Um, I think he's an excellent actor, and I, I can't wait to see where this leads for him in the next two movies, mm. because I want to see where he kind of goes, his character, whether they can tame the beast inside or, you know, so that because it seems like every little little thing will set him off, like thinking his dog was eaten for dinner. You know, yeah. set him off really quickly. Oh. He's like a short fuse. So I want to see if he's able to control that more. You know? Yeah. You're you're in for a treat. I can tell you. Like yes. it's like it's a, yes. I, I like <laughs> I like the the way that they put all all of this together over three movies. Um what about the uh the costumes and gadgets in the film? How do we you know, we, we touched on the gadgets, but this film has a look and the gadgets are part of it, the costumes are part of it. Uh, how, how did all that stuff work for you guys? It, it was wondrous. Uh, the um, We haven't mentioned this yet, but Emotionless is wheelchair-bound. Yes, yeah, and that's kind of important and, for the character. Yeah, yes. yeah um, and and she has a lot of, uh, you know, there's, well, we can get into this, but that uh, records room, the, the main records room, the not-secret one, where she uh-huh. has that chair with that uh, kind of, um, a large screw pillar that will rotate and lift her up and down and she can rotate to get where she needs to. I, I couldn't stop marveling at just that. And then there's more. Yeah. yeah. I I thought the gadgets were really cool. Like the wheelchair that he built for her after yeah. um, it, her original one was destroyed. Um, that you just move your head or, you know, think about where you want to go and it takes you there. Yeah. And, um, the, I don't know, for me, the whole, whole movie had kind of a slight steampunkish feel, uh-huh. not as yeah. quite as, uh, remember in Tai Chi hero and zero, mm-hmm. but, um, it, it did have that kind of look to it. I mean, the gadgets weren't necessarily something you would think you would see back in that time. Yeah. And the way that they're, they're, costumes are made and put together the kind of fabrics that they use and the color schemes are more steampunkish to me than what you would traditionally see back then and the uh and the the the, also as as the series goes on they elaborate more and more on her wheelchair and the devices that they use for her to you know she she ends up with like iron legs i think at one point that enable her to walk um 
so you know they and in this one her wheel she actually so she's got a few things her she's got the wheelchair which functions as a wheelchair and then it becomes like a motorized wheelchair almost that mm-hmm. is powered by thought but it also turns into almost a segue where she can stand segue, up right, right. Yeah. she can stand up yeah, yeah and, that was pretty cool and then she can do the thing with the the crutches but it's like it's not normally how people move with crutches. with crutches yeah she's yeah. walking right. it's like she's walking they're kind of like two canes and yeah. she kind of like hops yeah but but it's like she basically is walking with them right do you know i mean when, um, she, when she started fighting with them I, I lost my mind it was like this is this is just unbelievably cool yeah so yeah. cool yeah it's a, she, she she uses the canes in the in the fight sequences um so she's she's wheelchair bound but she's actually one of the more powerful masters in the in the mm-hmm. movie too um and I'm trying to think, are there any other gadgets that we were overlooking here? The secret records room was pretty spectacular with the way it opened. opened yeah. That's true. I really did expect when um, Life Snatcher put his hands in front of the doors, there was going to be some kind of booby trap. Yeah, But I me figured too. Since, <laughs> since it wasn't really locked, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, Anthony Wong's character probably had it open so that they would discover uh-huh. it. <laughs> that you know, if there were booby traps, that they would have been disabled because it was a setup. You you read my mind because that's that's it's like wait they wouldn't have just a simple padlock sitting here on the oh this is their okay they're being schooled <laughs> uh-huh. yeah he seems very like cool. a very indirect teacher uh, type definitely. Um, what about the special effects in the movie? It's 2012, so obviously some of them are going to age better than others, but uh, not that long ago, so it's not like the watching it. The wire two- work in this one is breathtaking. Mm. The the scale that and the heights and the speed that mm-hmm. they yank people over walls and the camera, uh, I was mentioning before about the uh, before we started about how the, the camera was even wire worked. You'd think it was like a a drone but this is pre-drones um and uh uh that opening sequence from above the city is like all one cut with these high flying cameras but they're right there with the people flying over the walls and stuff it's really extraordinary yeah i like the way they did it to make their like skill technique kind of like really all striking you know, I only saw one wire, so that was pretty good. Wow. Yeah, the the wire work was really good, I thought. I thought that the the special effects, most of them worked. There were a couple, you know, and in any movie like this, you're going to have that when they're using a lot of special effects. I think there was one that stood out where they were, they were running and they were trying to create some kind of special effect around the running and the scenery was moving in a different yeah. like, motion yeah. than they were and it looked almost a little too comedic. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. but for the most part, I thought the special effects worked, um, especially for the supernatural things. I thought that that was all pretty effective. Um, yeah, I liked um, the scene where her wheelchair gets destroyed and she has the chains around um, <laughs> around yeah. old blood and mm. the force fields that were around Life Snatcher was blue. Mm indicating that he was more cool and then uh, um uh-huh. the one around iron hands was uh fire so mm. you know he was more hot but i like how they did that with certain characters when things like that happened or they were showing their um their the strength of their cheek um were either cool and blue or hot and red and the lord um on character he was able to manipulate both in his own self so you could tell that he was a master because he could control both kind of the yin and the yang within himself because sometimes he would freeze people and sometimes he set them on fire everybody else could either do one or the other so you knew he was formidable by the fact that he could control those two pieces yeah did someone use green have a color green to identify them i was thinking of the scene up on the roof near the end there could have been i don't remember if, okay if there was green. yeah I don't oh the sword that. was green the sword was green when yeah. he stabbed him um there, there, that's the green that i recall but there was a lot going on in that scene though that that final battle yeah had a 
Like, there's stuff that we just haven't even, you know, like, no. we, we should probably like get into the, the supernatural stuff, yeah, because they have, again, they bring in a lot of that magic, and so, you know, he's raising the dead, and, you know, there's a character named Butterfly who dies, and he brings her back, and, you know, she's sort of part of the army that he brings to the prince's residence at the end for the final battle, um, which is an interesting... Like, where did he collect all those people? In such a I, short amount of time. I have no idea. I mean, you know, it, 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 I, I, you know, I don't know if they were, you know, um, you know, playing fast and loose with timelines or if they had a, a, some, you know, specific things pinned down to specific times. But uh, by, the, by the time that we saw Butterfly in there, who was a lover slash friend of our other uh, female sort of villain character... I was pretty horrified at how personal he was making everything. And then yeah. when I saw others, I was like, you know, he's been doing this for a while. He's yeah. just that creepy. Yeah. And I mean, and that all, all that stuff kind of amps up as the series goes on for sure. Like we, we, like we, we haven't really seen anything in terms of the super, supernatural, I think. Um, no. Uh, but, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, there's also another reason to hit the brains of zombies. <laughs> they came up with an actual reason for it in this one to remove those needles. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Cause they kind of, yeah. They, when you, when you kill them, the needles are the only things that it's like the bodies disintegrate. You just see the needles and then they collapse to the ground. Um, so yeah. And they, uh, I don't know. I, I thought that they did a good job with the, the, so they made a few choices about how they did the zombies. The zombies all had, like almost blondish colored hair, but that was yeah. really helpful and because very of, white skin. Yeah, and very light skin or white skin, and it helped to set them apart from the other characters. Mm -hmm. so that you were like, okay, that's the zombie team, and uh -huh. that's the non-zombie team. So it made that Good final point. fight a lot less confusing, I think, because sometimes definitely you could see how like those characters just blend in with everybody if if they didn't have such a distinct look. Um, but uh. But yeah, I'm trying to think, were there any other supernatural elements that were important to the movie? Or... I yeah, I don't think there's any that's not a spoiler yeah, for the next remember. ones. How do, how do you guys feel about the overall story? Like, it's obviously, it's. I mean, I guess you could say it's a wuxia movie, but it's also a lot of other kinds of movies. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's, you know, and again, they have all these magical elements, but there's also a lot of, I mean, the whole plot revolves around... Um, you know, a, a, a counterfeit currency operation, right? So it's a very, uh, I and don't it's know. It's nothing very... more than to to just weaken the current establishment. It's... Yeah, right. but that's yeah. very subtle. That's like, you know, because the, the, yeah. whole, the whole plot revolves around how all this currency floods the market and people are stuck with fake currency that the banks won't accept. And then that's going to like cause people to riot and protest and all these things. And so it's like a, you know, they're creating instability by, it's a very interesting story and it's not, it's not typical. It's very, I don't know. It seems like subtle storytelling to me. There's a lot going on in this film. Hmm. Um, we were talking before the several love interests and love triangles, competing loyalties, um, complete competing um, vows, uh, competing lifestyles, and uh, it, it all gets mixed in there with a master villain who's obviously got a bigger plan, and is just sort of testing the waters. And his just testing the waters is is horrific. You know what kinds of power and evil schemes he brings to bear just to just to play almost in this first film. Um, Do you? Dion, can you hear us? Oh, I think Dion froze. Yep. Um, all right, let's see if we can... Uh, hold on, let me see if I got a message from her. Oop. I'll try to bring Dion back in. Uh, sometimes these technical issues happen. Um, so, yeah, so I don't... I, the thing I liked about that story is just how... It, it's kind of like... It's sort of the thing that people make fun of the star wars prequels for which is like the yeah you know this is this is all about a trade embargo it's that kind of storytelling but i like i like how they wove that in to this plot where you you almost wouldn't recognize it because so much cool stuff is going on around it 
you don't realize it's grounded in this very, I don't know, very technical and very uh, uh, believable well, sort it, of plan. It had me paying attention to every little detail. Yeah. You know, the, the, the dyes and then how they were stored and how they were guarded and who makes them and what do they do with them. And it was just a fascinating thing that I hadn't, you know, seen very well. I think I've seen some counterfeit stories before, but not like this. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and so uh, so it looks like we're probably not going to get Dion back. Um, oh, let me okay. make one. Hold on. Um, um We'll see if she can hear us or not. But uh, but so what we normally do at this point in the show, Jim, is we do a uh, uh, we, we we rate the movie. We say it's you know we give it a score between one and five, and oh. um, and and then we and we just give like you know our, our sort of mini review of it. And what I suggest we do is we have you go first because that'll give me an opportunity to try to see if I can bring Dion back in. And uh, okay. and if I can't, we'll I'll just give my review and we'll we'll try to connect okay. with Dion after the okay the thing. And uh, do you do is it one through five or zero through five? And uh, one is, through five, one through. Five. And is three a decent film or is three an average film? Three is average, but you could okay. say it's a high average if you want to. Okay. Uh, that's, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Got it. And and apparently Dion's laptop died. I just got the oh, I just got the official no. word. Okay. So, um, well, she's really, she's really, uh, insightful. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish we could get her, uh, her final review. Cause I do yeah. want to know what her number is. Um, but, uh, it's going to be a little hard. It looks like to bring her in. Um, okay. yeah, she can't get her laptop on at all. So we're just going to have oh, to go without okay. her and, you know, okay. next episode, we'll let her bring her, her numerical rating. Yeah. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to hear what she thought. Cause she's, she, she really uh, um, had some great observations there, especially about uh, the 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 uh, sort of um, wrong flavor that cold blood brought into the constabulary and yeah. what kind of friction that caused between emotionless uh, and Zhu uh, Chengmo. Uh, really, that was great. It's like, yeah, spot on. Okay. So, so yeah. So why don't you go and give your rating then? And uh... yeah. Um. Uh. So, I, I definitely wouldn't lead uh, uh, this as a as a hey, this is the first Wu movie you should see, because um, there's an awful lot that's going on in this, and there's quite a few different layers and some genre blending that you don't see very often. But I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed the characters very much. Uh, I felt like it's a it's a solid film, uh, and well, I want to know what's going to happen in the next film because I can tell there's going to be one. I don't. Oh, we got Dion back. Hey, can you hear us, yeah. Dion? Yeah, I can hear oh, you. Oh, thank God! Wonderful. We, we we almost had to go alone at the end here, so uh, uh, so he oh. Oh, so we're just gonna let Jim finish his uh, his review and then I'll move it on to you. Okay. Okay. Let's see. So yeah, I uh, love the characters. Uh, I wouldn't lead with this one, but it's a nice, solid one that once you're once you're kind of hooked on uh, uh, on Wucha that you should definitely see. And um, uh, I would probably give it a somewhere between a three and a four. Um, no uh, halvesies. Yeah, we have no no halvesies. Oh, oh, you got to pick okay, one. I got to commit. Yeah, I got to commit. You know, I've watched this. Uh, I've watched this many times, and I have the DVD. So I'm going to go with a with a four. Uh, not my favorite film, but it's solid. I enjoy it. And once I know that someone kind of really likes Wuxia and they're willing to try different stuff, I'm like, well, how about this one? Because it's got more in it than you've seen in a lot of other things. And then by the end, they're like, wow, I wish they made another one. And then I can say, well, yeah, did. <laughs> and you don't have any clue as to where it's going to go because you really don't. Um, so, yeah, I'd give it a, a nice solid four. It's a good film, which is appropriate, I think, considering its name. Yeah, the four. <laughs> Dion, how about you? Um, I agree. I would give it a four also. Uh, you know, for me to be a five, I have to have tears at the end or something. Hmm. Like a real strong emotional connection. But um, And I'm really bordering on close because as soon as this one ended, I did want uh, to watch the second one, but then I couldn't find it on prime well, so 
we'll we'll we're, try to solve that after the podcast because that's a, yeah we'll yeah. figure it out but i really wanted to go on to the second one but since i couldn't then i um actually started watching it the second for the second time so i really really like this movie um it's definitely like jim said something i wouldn't start with i would start with something more traditional but um i want to go back to something that Brendan had said earlier that there were so many characters it could be a bit confusing. You know how your favorite <laughs> Tor UN is the most confusing yeah. director I do, I do. in history. So I don't even know how you could say that. Okay, so so I was thinking about that. Let me let me just weigh in here. I didn't mean it as an insult to the movie because I'm perfectly content to be confused when I'm watching Wuxia if if it's entertaining enough. It's just that because it was all at the very start of the film, the first couple of times I tried to watch it, and granted, I was probably tired or exhausted those days, and that can have a big effect on how you receive a movie, which is why I often will watch a movie, not like it, and then give the movie another shot, because I realize mood can affect it and all that. But uh, I think I was just, that was one of the things that kind of blocked me from the first, from getting through the first 10 minutes of the movie, the first times I tried to watch it. But, I, you know, as I will say when I give my, my, my rating, I think that that was, I was losing out. I don't think that, I think that I was, uh, I was shortchanging the movie. So uh, I wouldn't hold it against the film. I think you can watch this movie and be a little confused by the number of characters and it's still going to be entertaining. And the more you watch it, the more you'll pick up on the subtleties. Because a lot of characters are kind of there in the background, but you don't really even right. know much about them. They're well, not the yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not that important really to know who they are. There's just a few central characters, but when the first starts, you don't know that. And so that's where it's a little bit disorienting, maybe. And also, as I was saying to Jim, the plot in this is so grounded in like commerce and the way economies work and subtle political things. Like, well, the, you know, the, the, the because the currency is not, people are, are not able to use the currency that, that, that is starting to create unrest. And it's not like a, it's not like a villainous plot where a guy's just trying to blow up stuff. Do you know what I mean? So it's right. it, 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 it requires a little bit more investment from the viewer as a result. So, you, you know, that, that's it's a more challenging movie, I think, even though it doesn't seem like it when you when you watch the movie and see the, the visual style. It, it is an, it is a challenging movie. That's not and again, it's not a knock against it, but, but continue your uh, your ratings. I don't want to interrupt you. Um, uh, but but um yeah back to the four i think it had great actors that were chosen for each role i don't think i could see anyone else in the roles that they were given um i think that they were cast perfectly um and i liked all the special effects in this movie sometimes i think they go too overboard Mm -hmm. but this helps visualize the powerfulness of each person mm. and what they really could do. And I think I really liked Anthony Wong in this one because I'm so used to seeing him as a villain to see him as a wise master is such a change that it was refreshing and good to see. So I really, really enjoyed his character and I can't wait to enjoy it more. And I hope he, and, um, aunt poise get together yeah. later because she's really pining for him and i know he knows and he probably just doesn't <laughs> want to get her too involved but i really want those two to be together so <laughs> i know um and I will they won't it. they they have a real will they won't they thing going yes on. and you can see their little googly eyes yeah. at each other you know so it's, it's kind of like it's very yeah, sweet. The story between them is very it's very sweet and it's it's it works. Um, yes. And I, I love their little story together and I can't I hope to find out more about Aunt Poise in the next one. Um, you know, to find out what her uh, background is. Uh, but this is a really good movie. I thought the characters were really uh, fleshed out well and you have an emotion for each of the major characters. Uh, you, no one falls flat to me. Like there wasn't enough said about anybody. I think it was the perfect setup for a first movie to see where the next one will take you. Oh, what was your rating for it? Four. 
Four? Okay. So two fours, and um, I'm going to have to, you know, agree with everybody on the four. I, I, I you know, I, I feel like a three is much too low for this movie. Yes. I wouldn't give it a five, but definitely a solid four, and I think it... You know, and 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 we'll, as we get into the to the series, we can we can rate them individually. But overall, I think the series is kind of a solid series, and so that you know this is um you know and and like both of you were saying, it would would I recommend it as a first time Wuxia film? Probably not, because it might mislead people about what Wuxia is about. But I would certainly recommend it to somebody who maybe might normally not want to watch Wuxia, but it this has enough other stuff in it that that'll pull them in. Uh, or I would recommend it to somebody who's seen Samusha and now they're ready to see something that's a little bit off the beaten path and also, you know, has a has a series of other films attached to it. So um, and, and I think this film is maybe better. Like sometimes when I recommend movies like, like obviously all three of us like Shaw Brothers. And one thing I've noticed is if I recommend movies to people in like their 20s. Sometimes the Shaw brothers are a tougher sell because oh, yeah. they're old timey. They have stagey uh, sets and they're more, they're more theatrical, like in the sense of being stagey. And this is a kind of movie that probably appeals better to younger audiences. So I would recommend it to younger people that might want more modern cinematic techniques and, and all the rest. Um, so and, and and it's all well done. It's not like oh these darn kids and their special effects. It's no. This is a this is a good example of uh, of a of you know of kind of maybe a I don't know if I would say it's a blockbuster wuxia film, but it's kind of closer to that. It's polished. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's very, very polished. polished. It's got a very polished look. It's not um, uh, and it's not you know it, it it's it's definitely not old fashioned. So. Um, you know, right down to even like, you know, there's, there's like a, the, the anachronisms that exist in the movie seem to be able, uh, seem to be there to make a younger audience be able to connect with the characters. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, there's, it has, it has a, maybe a heavier dose of youthful angst than some of the, you know, some of the Shaw Brothers movies. Though those, those, those still get some of the, those get youthful angst in the flavor of rebel without a cause. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think this has more, this is more broad appeal, youthful angst, I think. Um, so, so yeah, but I, I would give it a four and I think it's like, like Jim said, <laughs> appropriate that, that we've given it a rank of four. So, so yeah, so, so I don't know what movie we're going to do next. I don't know if we're going to revisit the four next time. If we're going to revi- go to an, another movie, but uh, until then we will talk to you later. <laughs>